Babylonians didn't have a use for. They weren't carpenters, they weren't accountants, they weren't anybody that they could use. And they didn't have skills and they were left behind just to keep the wild animals out of the out of the region. And that's all they figured they were good for. And, and so the people were kind of a mixed people because others came in there to to the region of Samaria and were mixed in with the the Jews that were left behind. And so this region wasn't an, an area where people would have thought of as taking the the gospel, but it was received well in Samaria. So the Samaritans heard and believed. And, and this was pretty much universal. 
Now, there were people who didn't, of course, but that, is, that has been true, and we'll, we'll see some more of that here this morning. So, the, they went from Antioch here, and they went down to Seleucia, when this Paul and Barnabas were sent from Antioch down to Seleucia, where they took a ship and went out here to Salmas on the island of Cyprus. And they preached all through this island of Cyprus, all, all the little villages in there, down here to Paphros. And Paphros is where they met a, a man who was a magician. He was a man that did sorcery. And we recall that. But then they went, after he had met the Lord and was rejected as one of those that would pass on the, the, the power of the Lord, which he saw. He said, I, I want that. I'll buy that from you. <laughs> and Paul and Barnabas said, your, your money perish with you. No, that isn't, your, your heart isn't right with the Lord. You want this for other reasons. You want to have that power. You, they, he wanted that power that came with people looking up to him as a magician, somebody who could do amazing things. And he saw the things, he saw people healed. He saw the lame walk and the blind see. And he said, I want that. I want to be able to do that. You just sell that to me and I'll, I'll join your crew here. I said, no, that's not the way it works. That's not what God wants. He wants people whose hearts are dedicated to him instead of dedicated to themselves. And it's true today. It's not just for this magician. It's for us. It's not us that are the important thing. It's God's word. It's God's desire. It's amazing what God can do in our lives as long as he is the one directing them. As long as he is the... It, in Philippians it says, he, God worketh in our lives both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Of his good pleasure. Not mine. Not yours but of his. It also says in another place that the plowing of the wicked is sinful. You know, you think plowing? What, what can be sinful about plowing? You're just turning the dirt over. You're turning the weeds under. Isn't that a good thing? It's the attitude. It's the heart condition that God looks at. It's why David was chosen king. He said he's a man who will do my bidding, rather than Saul. It's the same sort of thing in our lives, too. He sees our hearts and knows what, who we are. In Acts chapter 13, which we read the last time we were here, two weeks ago, in verse 38 it says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. This man, Jesus, 
who died on the cross. Everybody saw him die in Jerusalem. They saw that. And verse 37 says, But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. He didn't, he died and was put in the grave, but his body didn't rot. And But it's through him. Be it known to you, therefore, because God sanctioned this man, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins, the law couldn't even do that. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. The law of Moses couldn't do that. It couldn't make you just. It couldn't make your conscience right before God. But Jesus and belief in Jesus does just that. Justified from all things which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. The law of Moses didn't justify anybody. So those two things forgiveness of sin and justification are through belief in Jesus Christ through trusting him as our savior turn right across well it's just across the page here for me to verse 47 so for so hath the Lord commanded us saying I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And this was Paul and Barnabas that he was talking to here. We see that in verse 46, the one just above that. But it's, he was also quoting from Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6. For salvation to the ends of the world hath commanded us, saying, I have sent thee for a light to the Gentiles, not to the Jews, but to the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. The whole earth, everybody. And that was who Paul and Barnabas went to preach to. Now the world at that time, as they understood it, was a much smaller place. North and South America and Australia and some of these other continents hadn't been discovered. Africa they knew about. Asia they knew about. And then out there towards the west where, where we know as Russia, why that was, those were barbarians out there somewhere. That was all they knew about that. They didn't, that didn't even count that as part of the world. The Roman Empire, had been conquered by the Romans. Now the Romans weren't kind to the people that they ruled, but at least they had a government and they had rules. Now, you think about some of these other places, they didn't have rules. And when Paul and Barnabas went into those regions, they didn't understand the language that was spoken there. It was either Greek, Latin, or Hebrew that they knew maybe Aramaic, of course, those, those four. 
But not everybody knew Latin. Not everybody knew the Greek. Those were the educated people. Uh, the Hebrews were educated in Hebrew, but not in these other languages. Yes. One of, the, one of the things that was unique about the Roman Empire, uh, historically, is that when they conquered an area, they would still let the population retain portions of their law and culture. So yes. That we see that demonstrated in the scripture with with the, with the Jews. Yes. And how they allowed them to still maintain their laws. Uh, but it still had to coincide with the Roman, uh, the Pax Romana, uh, Rit, piece yes. of Rome. Uh, if it didn't, then they brought them into into the fold, so to speak, with with uh, with judgment. <laughs> yes, that, but, you but say that Pax Romana. Pax. That's the the Roman peace. Yeah. Their their idea of what peace was. Exactly, <laughs> and it was you had to be submissive to the Roman law and pay taxes to the Roman pay, government. Pay taxes to the Roman government, but you you could still retain your cultures and customs, which is unique, which is unique because most conquerors obliterated the culture of their the ones they conquered. Yes. So it was a, it was a revolutionary style of, of rulership, but it was not it was one that allowed for a lot of it allowed for a lot of Leeway. paganism and, yes. and and debauchery and things that were oh, commonly yes. accepted by pagan religions. Yes. All right. And that that's a good thing for us to know. The the Jews more or less accepted the Roman government. More or less. They didn't they said no, we we are under our government. We're we're Hebrews. We we speak Hebrew here in our in Israel. And uh, and yet the Romans were over them, and many of the educated slaves and, and slaves. That's another thing. Slavery was considered to be probably a better. Uh, better outcome of having been conquered than to be dead, to be destroyed, have your culture destroyed. A whole whole cultures were destroyed. You you see that with the with the Assyrians, the mm -hmm. Babylonians, and the Medo Persians. They took the best of the culture, but they obliterated all opposition. So you know yes. they talk about um, only an open rebellion was Jerusalem wiped. You know, was raised to the ground, but the Assyrians they sought to completely obliterate it because they were a power. They were a world power at the time, and so you see that 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 there that Rome only uh, only seemed to go to that when they were in direct opposition with Rome. Yes, yes, and there there was a direct opposition. Yes, there was. While Jesus, after Jesus' birth and after he left Bethlehem and went down into Egypt. Probably Alexandria in, in that region. That was a, a time when Caesar came and Jerusalem was razed to the ground. I mean, they were destroyed. The temple was destroyed during that time. And this is the, the background that the... These two men, Saul and Barnabas, 
went into. And let's, let's see some of that. Let's, let's get back to our reading here in Acts chapter 14. Let's start there. And it came to pass in Iconium. Now, you recall they went to Iconium because when they were there at Antioch and Pisidia, and they, the people rejected them. And not only that, but the Jews who didn't believe Jesus stirred up the Gentiles and they were out to kill them, destroy them. It says in verse 51 of the last chapter, but the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But look at the next verse. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. They came to Iconium excited about having been rejected because it wasn't them that they were worried that they were coming to bring. They brought Jesus Christ. This idea of forgiveness of sins and justification that the law couldn't do. So they went to the Gentiles. And these people here at Iconium were more Gentiles as were the people there at Antioch of Pisidia. And so they were filled with, the, with joy at having been persecuted. Interesting way of looking at things. It was, they were saying, it's not us that they rejected. They rejected our God. They rejected Jesus who came here to provide life and health and joy and happiness and but more than that forgiveness of sins justification of their lives a life that isn't justified is without purpose justification before God is what people need it's what I need it's what you need but it only comes through Jesus Christ but that was rejected there at Antioch. And these people came and they, they even followed them. But, the, but Saul and Barnabas shook off their feet. They said, okay, we're done with you. Finished, well, done. And they shook off the dust of their feet. We don't, we don't even want the dust of this city clinging to us. And so it came to pass at Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews. And so spake that a great multitude of the Jews and also of the Greeks believed. Now, they were speaking in the synagogue, but there were Greeks, people who weren't Jews, who also listened to what happened in the synagogue. They wanted to hear about God. They wanted to know God. They were believers who were Gentiles. And they believed Jesus. They heard this preaching of Jesus and many of them believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. That, that is, they turned them against 
Saul and Barnabas and, and the Christian way of life. That idea of evil affected, we, wouldn't, we don't think that way, but the idea of opposition, of turning against these people, we understand that, and that's what happened here. Long time, therefore, abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave, testi which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders be done by their hands. Now, let's look at that word which in that verse and turn it to who. <laughs> you know, they, they abode there a long time speaking boldly in the Lord. They were speaking about Jesus Christ. They're in those places. They're, they're in Iconium. And it is the Lord, Jesus, who gave testimony unto the word of his grace. He backed up what they said. He gave them uh, endorsement. He endorsed what they were doing by granting them signs and wonders. People were healed. People were brought to the Lord. And many wonders were done by their hands. Verse 4. But the multitude of the city, that is the crowd there in the city, was divided. And part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. So some of them believed and some of them held with these unbelieving Jews. And when there was an, an assault made both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it and fled into Lystria and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and unto the region that lieth around about. So Paul and Barnabas heard about this, and they heard that not only were these people rebellious against the word of God, against Jesus, but they were going to come and stone them to death, to kill them. I mean, this is what Paul and Barnabas were facing as they went out into this world. This wasn't a, a place where we have stoplights on every corner and, and uh, rules and regulations like we have the peace that we enjoy here in the United States. Certainly we have outlaws too. But there, it was the norm rather than being unusual to have thieves and robbers. You didn't go in certain places, and especially not with an armed, not without an armed guard to protect you. But when this assault was being was about to be made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews, with their rulers. Now notice that term, with their rulers. Uh, these hostilities were sanctioned by the local government. I said, "Fine, go and go ahead and kill them. We'll get rid of these troublemakers." They're stirring things up. They're, they're upsetting the apple cart, so to speak. Get, you just go out and, and do them in. doesn't matter to us. The government said that to these unbelieving Jews and the Gentiles that they had stirred up. 
And so when Paul and Barnabas were aware of that, they said, okay, we're going to go on about preaching to the Gentiles elsewhere. And so they went to Lystria and Derbe, cities of Laconia. Now, let's take a look at where they went. Okay, here's Pamphylia, Perea, and here's Antioch, and um, they don't show the, here's Iconium right here. Right there is Iconium. That's where they were. That's a city. This region in here is Iconia. Or here, like, here, Lyconia is right here. And Iconium is that city right there. Right there. That's where the Apostle Paul is here. And he left there and went to Lystra and Derby. Here's Derby right here. And here's Lystria. Iconium, Lystria, and Derby. There's quite a space across there. But they preached in this whole region right here. And so, let's see. Okay, they went to, verse 6, they were aware of that uh, rebellion or that uprising against them. And they went to Lystria and to Derby, cities of Laconia, and unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what that word gospel means, good news of what Jesus did, what God has done through Jesus in raising him from the dead, to pay, giving him as a sacrifice on that tree to pay the price of sin. Okay, verse 8. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Now, this was a, a full-grown man, but he had never been able to walk, ever, in his life. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. You get up from where you're sitting there, and walk. And he leaped and walked. He jumped up from where he was sitting and started walking. He had never walked in his life. You know, as I don't know about you, but when I was a little kid, I had to learn to walk. You know, I, I spent a lot of time sitting on my backside in, in a diaper before I learned to walk. Learn to move around on my own. But this man, Paul said, get up on your feet and walk. And he did, instantaneously. That's a miracle in itself. But the fact that he had never been able to walk in his entire life, and this man, was, I'm sure, was an adult. But he got up and he walked. Not only, he leaped up 
and started walking. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying in the speech of Laconia. Now notice this is another language. And it may be that Paul and Barnabas didn't understand what these people were saying, but listen to what they'd said. The gods are come down unto us in the likeness of men. Said these are gods that have come down to earth and are doing miracles here. And that's what they thought. Verse 12, and they called Barnabas Jupiter, or Zeus, and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, there was a, a temple to Zeus or Jupiter, whichever. He, see, Ju, Jupiter and Zeus were two names. One of them was Greek and one of them was Latin. So it's the same, same God, but by different names. And so these priests uh, from that temple said, well, we're going to do sacrifice to these gods that have come down. And, and they brought oxen and garlands under the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people, which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, Sirs, why do ye these things? We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities and, from the, and unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. So he says, don't do this. We're, we're just men like you are. But we want you to turn away from these pagan gods and serve the true living God who created the earth and the sea and all of the things that are in the earth. He's the one that you should worship, not these, these pagan gods. And certainly not us. We're, we're just servants of the living God. Andy? Yeah. As a missionary, I see this maybe a little different than some people. Because I'm realizing all those people recognized the hand of God. Because it was the hand of God. Absolutely. And they were responding to it the only way they knew how. And yes. Of course, they had all this nonsense in their heads about other gods. So they were doing what they knew to do the best way they knew how. And the purpose of these missionaries that came to them was to inform them of what God did and didn't want and who God really is and isn't. Okay? So I'm seeing this and smiling a little bit and recognizing because we had all sorts of religions all around us down there. And they were doing kind of the same sort of thing. They had this great respect for God. They had respect for us as missionaries to a certain degree. Many of them really thought highly of us. They had no idea what a missionary was, but they <laughs> thought it was great, you know. Representing God. If you have something to do with God, and that's a good thing, you know. Yeah. So uh, they had to be taught. And this is where, you'll forgive me, everybody who knows me is going to have to put up with me because we get on this subject, and this is my only subject. <laughs> okay? <laughs> because if people don't know, guess what? They need somebody to teach them. Yes. And if it's not being taught carefully, clearly, methodically, so everybody gets it, 
then you get huge churches full of people, and we have Baptist ones. Running in all directions, right? They have no idea what they believe. <laughs> you ask them what they believe on a certain subject, they have no idea, no clue. They, they just go to church because that's what you do. And, and frankly, we're not a lot better than these people here until we're taught. That's until right. we understand what we do, why we do it, and where God said so. Because it's God's word. It's, it's not our traditions that matter. No. It's what God says in his word. And if you know, Paul here is, he tore his clothes. Yes. He got upset. He was, I mean, clothes were expensive back then, and I assure you he didn't have a wardrobe closet full of it, you know. No, they were he, traveling light. He's traveling light, <laughs> so these are valuable clothes that he has to have, and he's ripping them in grief over what he's seen, because he understands who our God is and how important it is to be on right terms with him. And hey, he's terrified thinking, and it's going to be my fault before God if I can say something. Okay, so he tears his clothes in grief and runs among them and shaking people and don't do this, don't do this, stop. Because I'm not God. He yes. is. And you need to know him. And this, I see this, and to me, this is a very moving passage because how many people do we know don't know who God is and they're living their lives in ways that aren't pleasing to him. And we just sit around and don't do anything, don't say anything, because it might be uncomfortable. But look what Paul did. He tore his clothes in grief, and he ran among them and said, don't do this. You've got to stop doing that, because God has rules we have to live by. And he's real. He's only living God. All these other ones are fake. And you have to do what he says, and here's what he said to do. And he proceeded, I'm sure, to begin to teach and everybody was ready to hear what he said because he was bringing news to them they didn't know. Yes, and not many months earlier, what happened to Herod when they said, oh, he's a god, he's not a man? What happened to him? He died. He was destroyed by the Lord. And his body was eaten by worms. They had just seen that. And so they said, don't do this. We're not God. Come on, back, back off. You take... Take those oxen and the garlands of flowers and all that back to Zeus's temple. We don't want that. We are not God, but we want you to know about the real God, the one who is the, the maker of everything you see, everything you know about God made. Not, not Zeus, not Mercury, not anything, any of these pagan gods. But our God has sent his son to die for you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. They were preaching this everlasting life to the, to the world. And not just the Jews, but to the Gentiles also here. And they said, well, this is wonderful. We're going to make sacrifices to you. He said, no, no, no. You, you save this for God. And so when the apostles, Paul and Barnabas, heard of this, they ran their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out, saying, Sirs, why do you these things? We are also men of like passions with you, and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities, turn away from this stupidity you're doing. Now, vanities, that's, that's something 
vapid. Uh, it evaporates like a vapor that's worthless, something that has no value. And turn unto the living God, which made heaven and the earth and the sea and all things that are therein. The fish, the octopus, whatever. All of, he made all of these things. Who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. He said in the past, God allowed this. Allowed you to go your own way, do your own thing. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witnesses, in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling our hearts with food and gladness. This is the God you need to worship, not the Zeus who does brings destruction into your life or Mercury, these other gods, so to speak. He says, that's not what we want you to worship. And with these, saying, with these sayings, scarce restrain the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them. He said, even after he told them these things, they, they were just, they were going to worship them anyway. And they said, no, 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 no. He says, and they had trouble keeping them from coming in and worshiping them. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. So these people followed him. They came from Antioch of Pisidia and from Iconium up here to Lystra, Lystra and Derbe, where they were now. And they stoned them threw rocks at him and thought they'd killed him, killed him, killed Paul. <clears throat> Howbeit the disciples stood around about him, and he rose up and came into the city, and next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. So he was there at Lystra, and the people from Antioch of Pisidia and Iconium came up there to Lystra and stoned him to death and, and stirred up the people there, the, the unbelievers, the non-believers. But Paul wasn't dead. Or, or God revived him and brought him back to life. Maybe he did get stoned to death. But he was left for dead outside the city. But the the apostles stood around about him. The believers stood around Paul, and he revived. He came back to life, whatever. He stood up and went back into the city. He, he wasn't afraid to go back into that same city where he'd been stoned. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derby. Now, I don't know about you, but if you'd been stoned with rocks, rocks thrown at you, you'd, it'd be lumpier than a sack of doorknobs. And he'd be hurting the next day. And I'm, I'm sure Paul was. But he left the next morning with Barnabas, and they went to Derby. 
And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. They went right back into those cities where these people had stoned them, where the people came from that stoned them. They went back there again. And look at what the reason was. Verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. He said, I encourage you to keep following God. I exhort you, I urge you to continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. And that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Here he is preaching the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the one who created the entire earth and all that's in it. And he's encouraging them to continue to serve him. But it is through much tribulation that we enter into the kingdom of God. That's good information for you and I too. Because we sit here in this country but there are many non-believers who would do the same thing to us as they did to Paul and Barnabas. Now we have laws here, but there are people who disregard the laws also. And we may find opposition to our preaching when we go and tell people about Jesus. He says, we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Remember, it was with much joy when they left Antioch there and, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost because they had been rejected. And we, we might face the same sort of rejection if we are to enter into the kingdom, if we preach Jesus Christ, we'll find people that are opposed to the gospel in the world today. I know people like that, and so do you. And when they had ordained them elders in every church, and they had prayed with fasting, they commended them unto the Lord on whom they believed. This is an important verse. They ordained elders. They set people up in these cities, whether it be Antioch or Pisidia or Iconia or, or Derby or wherever. Each of these places, they ordained people. They chose out people from among these believers and ordained them in every church. They established churches in these cities. The believers came together and they continued to serve the living God. And they prayed with fasting and they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, 
they went down to Atalia, and thence sailed unto Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. In other words, they had gone out and they, they came across and they came through Iconium, Lystra, Derby, and down here, uh, but they, they sailed from, I think it was from Seleucia, back over here to, um, see that this is Seleucia here and here, both. They're two different cities, but they're across this, uh, this bay. And they went back to Antioch again. This Antioch here, not the Antioch over here in Pisidia, but they, they had been all down through here, up into here, and they'd been preaching that whole time to the people. And the people, some believed and some did not. But this was the end of Paul and Barnabas' uh, journey as they went in, in there. This was the first missionary journey that Paul was on. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Notice they weren't bragging on what they did. They bragged on what God did through them as they went from city to city throughout this region. And how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So the Gentiles heard about Jesus and his, had that saving faith and had miracles done there. He, they reported all they reported back. This is the missionary coming back to the church that sent him out and reporting all that God had done through them. And there they abode a long time with the disciples, with the believers there at Antioch. This was the church that had sent them out and they were received back home, back to this I'm, Paul was not from there. He was from Tarsus, but he'd been converted on the road to Damascus, and he had changed. He wasn't the man that he had been. He wasn't that uh, rebellious uh, zealot for the Jews. He would have been among those that were those that came to stone him here. He would have been among those, but God converted him. And he learned a new way. And that's what these other Christians did too. A new way. A new way of life. And that is what he encouraged as he went from place to place. And recommending the grace of God to people wherever they went. To these people who were worshippers of idols. Whether Zeus or whatever uh, God they might have been worshippers of. But this brought about the end of that missionary journey. And we'll go on and we'll see that this wasn't the only time that they were rejected. Not the only time that they were uh, 
molested. I mean, they, Paul nearly lost his life here. But he went on with joy, and he encouraged people to follow God in spite of the opposition. He says that through much tribulation we enter into the kingdom of God. He wasn't just talking about Paul and Barnabas. He says, you will face that too. If you believe in God, the God who created all these beautiful things, the trees and the grass and the sea and the, all the mountains, everything out there, he created that. But you're going to find people opposing you that don't want to believe that, who want to believe in their gods that they can control, that they can make out of wood and, and whatever, that got the take the things that God made and make themselves a God. Even if it was gold or whatever, it doesn't matter what the, what the idol is made of. It's still an idol and not God. And encourage them to continue to follow God and serve Him. Any other comments? Certainly we need to apply ourselves to that as well. And there are people out there that think that our multimedia world is going to save us. Not going to happen. It's God who saves us. He's the one that keeps us, and he's the one that gives us strength. All right. Well, thank you for your attention. Sorry I ran a little over here, but... We'll take a, a, a short break here. Tiller. She's hard working. Uh, we both were working 
shoots have them in the flowers. We went to Karen's house and worked until 8 o'clock. Friday night, we worked from 8 to 8. And then yesterday we went up and they helped Teresa clean and bring her to her. Did Joe go up? Oh, we've been working. 
I'm sorry. I heard you uh, somebody else. Uh, and, and, and they all are so sorry. They, 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 they get a call and they forgot it too. Take our songbooks and turn to number 223. I'm just going to leave it on. Okay. We're good. We can, we can enjoy, they can enjoy singing too. All right. We, I'm just going to start leaving it on the whole service, I think. You're going you're gonna to have to sing out good and loud up there so you can be recorded on here. <laughs> up, up, clear up here in the front. They don't want to hear just me. <laughs> It and that has a very sensitive microphone, so. Well, that's good. That's good. I'll have, I'll try and stay back away from it a little bit. <laughs> Two hundred twenty-three. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Sing over His wonderful love, proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor give to his holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard his children. In his arms he carries them all day long. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, 
ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. For our sins He suffered and bled and died. He our rock, our hope of eternal salvation. Hail Him, hail Him, Jesus the crucified. Sound His praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows, love unbounded, wonderful, deep, and strong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Heavenly portals, loud with hosannas ring. Jesus, Savior, reigneth forever and ever. Crown Him, crown Him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. No, this is what we're called to do. God says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Praise Him. Tell of what He's done. You know, this isn't a secret we're to keep to ourselves. This is for us to tell the world about. Even as Paul and Barnabas were sent out, God's Spirit is alive and will work in our lives as well if we will submit our lives to Him and do His bidding. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, not ours. 